This is the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, August 22, 2010. Baggage. Who am I? Well, good morning, Connection Church. I'm Alan Jones. And I'm Carrie Jones. And we're two sinners who've been saved by God's grace in Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Holy God, thanks for, um, wow, well, I just want to say thanks. Thanks for the morning. Thanks for the breath, the air that we breathe. Thank you for each person gathered here, the opportunity to be here in community, and most especially to worship you. Thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, who died for us that we might live through eternity. Thank you, thank you, thank you. It's in his name and in your Holy Spirit we pray, and all Connection Church said, amen. Okay, so say this with me if you know it. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but names will never hurt me. But names will never hurt me. Maybe you've said that a time or two, but you know what? We've used that to deceive ourselves because names do hurt us. It does hurt when people call things or say things about us. And, you know, like when you're a kid and and you might be told, we don't want you in our club because you're too fat, because you're too ugly, because you're too young. You know, you fill in the blank. We don't want you with us because... Yeah. I'm just thinking, it's not just kids. It's adults or clubs like that to tell us that we don't want you for those reasons. Or another school thing, when we were in school, how about middle school or high school? We're uh, you don't have to raise your hand. Now, were you in the in crowd or the out crowd? You don't have to we'll keep it down. Uh, you know, there's so many cliques and clubs and groups. And did you fit in or not fit in? Were you part of the cool one, guys who were cool? Were you kind of one of the nerds or one of those geeky guys or gals? You know, a lot of different groups there. And as you said, we still experience those feelings as adults as well. Well, Maybe at one time you've heard this growing up. Maybe you've heard, what are you, stupid or something? Ouch. Maybe that was a parent, a teacher, a friend, a a manager, some significant adult in your life. What are you, stupid or something? And even if there was an apology that came later, it's a good chance that the damage was done. Mm. You know, it's tough when we're excluded, put down, when we don't feel like we fit in. <laughs> uh, we were helping with uh, Turner's band camp and pre-camp uh, this week, a couple weeks ago. And, and after lunch one day, uh, the guys were out there choosing up sides for volleyball. You know, there were two captains, and you know how that goes. And it instantly took me back to high school gym class, you know, and we have touch football. And, you know, uh, there were two or three guys, you know, they were always picked first or second or third. And then there was the rest of us. And you're standing there going, oh, Lord, don't let me be last. (laughs) Oh, thanks, I'm last. (laughs) If you were in that group, you know the feeling, and it wasn't good, was it? No. (laughs) And so what do we do? What do we do? Well, sometimes we think, oh, that's not important. I'm just going to move on. I I don't care (laughs) what they say. I don't care what we think. And we just don't put ourselves in those situations where where we have to feel that or experience that. But on the other hand, sometimes we try to fit in. 
Sometimes we try to change who we are to fit in. And we take what others say about us or have said about us as truth. And we work really, really hard to change who we are so that others will like us. So that others will like us. We become conformers. Can you say that word? Conformer. Conformers. Yeah. We do whatever it takes to be who we need to be in order not to be who others say we are. That's important. Let's say that together. We do whatever it takes to be who we need to be in order not to be who others say we are. But you know, here's the tough reality. We can't be somebody we aren't, can we? We can't be somebody. And even more important, we can't allow what others think to determine who we are or who we aren't. We are not the person other people say we are. Say that with me, will you? We, we're not the person other people say we are. And unfortunately, we don't often realize that this is even going on. And so we pick up baggage along the way. We pick up these negative images or these negative names of what people say, you know, who we are, and then we begin to carry them with us throughout our life. And even though they aren't true, even though they aren't true, we aren't who others say we are, we let this baggage begin to weigh us down and weigh us down heavy as it is, and sometimes that baggage just takes over. And so we feel like we don't fit in sometimes, but in addition to that, sometimes we just feel like we aren't good enough, like we just don't measure up. And, and, and others uh, help with this when we hear things like, mm-mm-mm, you sure aren't the student your brother was. Maybe a couple of you heard that. Boy, your sister was some athlete. What wasn't said was, boy, I wish you were more like your sister. Why couldn't you be more like Joey or Katie or Susan or, 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 or Henry or, you know, what? put the name in there. You pick the name uh, of the person that you were being compared to. And so not only do we become conformers, <clears throat> but we also then become performers. Yeah, we become performers. We begin to work overtime to measure up to whatever that standard is that we're being compared to. <laughs> Whether it's a brother or a sister or a teammate or a class, a coworker, or a friend, I don't know. And we figure that if we just work a little bit harder, we just put more time in, we just, you know, give it that little more of a push. If we just pay that price, then maybe, just maybe, we'll measure up. We aren't good enough now, so we're told. And so we just move forward. We try to do all these kinds of things to make the grade, to fit the bill, to reach the standard. And we kind of call this the the Martha syndrome. Some of you know Martha. As they continued their travel, that would be Jesus and the disciples, Jesus entered a village. A a woman by the name of Martha welcomed him and made him feel quite at home. 
She had a sister, Mary, who, who sat before the master, hanging on every word he said. But Martha was pulled away by all she had to do in the kitchen. Later, she stepped in, interrupting them. Master, master, don't you care that my sister has abandoned me in the kitchen? Tell her to lend me a hand. And the master said, Martha, <laughs> dear Martha, you're fussing far too much and getting yourself worked up over nothing. One thing only is essential, and Mary has chosen it. It's the main course and, and won't be taken from her. Okay, so Martha wasn't a bad person. In fact, I kind of like Martha. You need Marthas <laughs> to get things done, right? Amen. Right. But here's the thing about Martha. She allowed her value of what she did to determine who she was. And that's true for many of us. We allow others and ourselves to measure us by what we do, what we accomplish. And here's the truth. We are not what we do. Say it with me. We are not what we do. What we do does not determine who we are. It does not determine our value. It does not determine our worth. But many of us, and even though we may not realize it, as we go along in life, we begin to pick up the baggage along the way, and we begin to carry that, and it begins to weigh us down and weigh us down, and sometimes it even takes over. How many of you have ever been to a, a, a class reunion? You know, high school or whatever. Yeah. I, um, I went to one. I've only been to one of mine. It was about close to 30 years ago now. And, you know, it's cool. You get to see people you haven't seen for a while and all that. But let me give you a flip side. A challenge sometimes with class reunions is, 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 is what they want to remember because they, they don't know who oftentimes if you've kept in touch. They don't know who you are now. So who's the person that they're talking to? It's as though you're 17 or 18 again, right? We're going back to who I was or who we were. And then they bring up those old stories. And, you know, Lewis, usually the stories aren't the good stuff, are they? You with me? It's the things that you hope people would forget. You've managed to somehow to forget until they bring it back up at the reunion, right? Yeah, same things happens in our families when we get together, if we have brothers or sisters or whatever, and, you know, we all forget that we're all grown-ups, and, you know, this one person might think of us then as we're like 13 or 14 again, and the stories start coming out, and, and eventually it's like, yuck, can't we just all be adults, but we just tend to revert back into this place, and that's not who we are anymore. So because here, here's what the truth is. The truth is we are not what we did or who we were. Can, can you say that with me? We are, are not, not what, what we, we did, did or who we were. You know, that's in the past. And most of the time, hopefully, we're a very different person. I mean, at 56, I hope I'm a, a little different than I was at 14. Carrie some days probably doesn't think so, but hopefully I'm a little different than at 14, 16, 18, or even 25, or even 40, I hope. There's some difference here. Uh, maybe I've there is. <laughs> matured a little. <laughs> a little time. You know, if something hasn't changed a little bit, wow, something's wrong, isn't it? Yeah. But yeah. unfortunately, we often let our past determine who we are because of 
<laughs> who we were or, or what we did, we figure that we're not worthy. And so, and so in addition to becoming a conformer and a performer, we become clingers. We become clingers. We allow others to remind us of the person, um, of who we were or what we did, and then we just allow ourselves to cling to that image even though it's not who we are, even though it's inflated or outdated, even though it's really unstamped, unstamped, I can't Unsubstantiated. Yeah, that's it. In light of who we are today, those things just aren't true about us, and yet we cling to them. see a lot of clingers in the Bible, people feeling not worthy because of who they've been in the past. You know, woman at the well has a conversation with Jesus, and he points out to her, and she says, I'm not married. He says, yeah, you've been married five times, but the guy you're living with right now isn't your husband. <laughs> or Zacchaeus, remember him? He was chief tax collector. Well, it was chief because he was better at cheating people out of their money, better than any of the tax collectors that he oversaw. And then there was the woman who was literally thrown into the street because she was caught in adultery. You know, um, um, the list goes on. The list goes on. And the truth is that we are not, we are not what we did. We are not who we were. That's not who we are. But too often, we let those things define us. And so we pick up the baggage along the way, even though we don't realize it at times. And as a result, we conclude that we're not worthy of good things. We're not worthy. And so we pick up that baggage, and it begins to weigh us down and weigh us down. And sometimes it just takes over kind of ridiculous, don't you think? Uh, thinking about the video we had, the Dave and Dave, where he's just carrying all that stuff, and part of, it's, so, it's become crazy, crazy. It sounds comfortable because he's carried it for so long that even though it's heavy and it's cumbersome, it's hard to let go of. Uh, uh, and the really tough part is not only to become comfortable, but we start to take that as truth. We take that, oh, those old tapes, we take that old stuff that we've heard for so long or had heard for so long, and that becomes our truth. We believe the lies that we've picked up and allowed ourselves to carry over the years. You know, lies like you don't fit in. Lies like you're not good enough. Lies like you're not worthy. Lies like you are who others say you are. Lies like you are only as good as what you are able to do. Lies like you are what you did and who you were way back when. And they're all lies. They're all lies. And, but we believe them, and then we live our lives as though they are truth. So here's the thing about the woman at the well, about Zacchaeus, about the woman caught in adultery. Even though they carried that baggage for a really long time, a really long time, they were able to let it go. They were able to see past their truth. They were able to see past the lies. They were able to let that go, and it's because of one simple thing. Here it is. It's because Jesus became a part of their lives. 
Jesus became a part of their lives, invaded their heart, invaded their soul, and Jesus brought truth into their lives, and so they were able to let go of all the lies that they had been carrying. They were able to let go of all the baggage so that they could have new life in Christ. It's like Jesus just took it out of their hands. You know, when our identity is in Christ, when our identity is Jesus, the stuff from the past, the stuff we did wrong, the things people remember, no longer are the overriding qualifiers of who we are. When our, when we, our identity is in Jesus, everything changes. And why does everything change? Well, it's real simple. Or there's several reasons. One of those is this. In Christ, we are forgiven. In Christ, we are forgiven. And when we're forgiven, those things from the past no longer confront us, configure us, or control us. As we read in 2 Corinthians 517, and we've shared this many times before, and we'll probably say it many times again, because it's a good thing for us to constantly be aware of and remember. Say it with me. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he, she is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. I want to do something in a second. See where it says anyone? Put your name in there, and if, it, if you're a she, change he to she, okay? Let's say it again, but put your name there. Therefore, if Alan is in Christ... He is a new new creation. creation. The old has gone. The new has come. See, when we are in Christ, we are a new creation. We no longer need to carry that baggage that's been weighing us down. We no longer need to hold on to it, but we can let it go. We no longer need to hold on to those feelings of feeling unloved and being devalued and feeling unworthy because of who we were or what we did. We no longer have to hold on to any of that. When we're in Christ, in addition to being forgiven, we are also secure. Here's what Paul shares in um, his second letter to the church at Corinth. Now it is God who makes us, now it is God who makes both us and you stand firm in Christ. He anointed us, set his seal of ownership on us, and put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit guaranteeing what is to come. Check that. A seal of ownership. That's not going to change. That's a permanent seal of ownership. God's saying with that seal, we are His. Isn't that awesome? We are... He's claiming us. He's putting His seal on us. And this is the thing. If we are His, then nothing can take that away. Nothing can change that. We're not who others say we are. We are not what we did to be good enough. We are not who we were or what we did in the past. We are pure and simple children of God. And if you remember back in Genesis, we were created in God's image. Wow. Here's what David shares with us in Psalm 139. David speaks this to the Lord. David says, For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because, say it with me, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. The same is true for you. 
The same is true for you. Same is true for me. The truth isn't what others say about us, but the truth is what God says about us. And God says that through Christ, we are forgiven, we are secure, and we are free. That's right. We are free. Free. Free from all that junk from the past. Free from all that baggage that we've been carrying around, some of us, for a really, really long, long time. Years and years and years. Free to be you and me. Free to be the person that God intended us to be when God first thought of us so long, long ago. Here's what we read in Romans 8, first first verse, uh, New International Version. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Say it with me, will you? Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. I'm free. You're free. We are free, yes, indeed. In Christ, we are free. And so today we've been talking about baggage, that stuff that we've picked up along the way that we might be carrying, and we allow that stuff to define us. Well, we want to take a few minutes, just a moment or two right now, to um, prayerfully consider a question, who am I? Because there are a lot of things, a lot of people, a lot of past, a lot of old tapes who try to define us of who we are. The question this morning is, who am I? And then consider this question, who am I in Christ? Who am I in Christ. Let's think about that. So that leads us to um, three final questions we'd like to share with you this morning. And first of all, is as we just said, in Christ... We are free. In Jesus, you are free. I am free in Christ. So the question is this, are you in Christ? Are you in Christ? Have you accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior? Have you heard in the words of Revelation, heard him knocking and opened the door to allow him into your life? Have you accepted him as Savior and asked him to forgive you of the sin in your life? Because to be free in Jesus, we have to be in Jesus. Otherwise, there's no freedom. It's through the saving grace of Jesus Christ, through the blood he shed on the cross, through his death and resurrection that we find freedom. Freedom from sin, freedom from our past, freedom from the lies that we've been carrying around telling us who we are. So today's the day. Today's the day. If you haven't already done this, ask Jesus into your heart. Ask Jesus to take all that stuff that you've been carrying around. Ask Jesus, don't waste another minute. Today's the day. Pray. Say, Jesus, be the leader of my life. I'm sorry, Lord. I'm sorry, I can't do this alone. 
I'm a sinner, saved by your grace, saved by your love. Pray to him today. Pray. You can do that from your seat. You can do that up on the steps. You can do that back in that prayer area. If, if somebody can guide you through that prayer, that would be great. They're just waiting for you. But pray. Take time today to allow Jesus to transform your life. Do it right now. Don't do it later. Don't do it tomorrow. Don't do it next week. Do it today because Jesus wants to set you free. Three questions. First one, are you in Christ? Second question, <clears throat> what baggage <clears throat> do you need to drop off? Sometimes we don't even recognize that we've been carrying it. Like, like the Dave and Dave, he's, it's so part of him, he's not even realizing he's been carrying it. What do you need to let go of? Jesus will help you with that one. If you pray, you pray about it. He'll guide you as to what you need to drop off, lighten your load, allow yourself to be your true identity in him. When you let go of that uh, in order to accept fully the forgiveness that he offers, the security and the freedom that we talked about earlier. And finally, need to allow the truth to replace the lies. You need to allow the truth to replace the lies that you've been fed or that you're carrying for your life. And here's the truth. Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you so much that he went all the distance. He went all the way to the cross. He died for you so that you could dump that baggage, so that you could be free, so that you could be forgiven, so that you could be secure, so that you could be free. You do not need to carry that pain anymore. You don't need to carry the lies. You don't need to carry the baggage. And so we encourage you today to think about that question, who am I? And we pray that the answer becomes this. I'm a child of God. I'm a child of God. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. The old is gone, the new has come. You remember that scripture? I mean, we've, the ownership, God loves us so much. We're sealed with God as his child. Who am I? I'm a child of God. How about you? How about you? Let's pray. God, um, you know, we do walk through this life carrying this this baggage, and at first it might be one bag and two bags, and then as we go through life, it becomes more and more, and before we know it, we're just weighed down. And God, help us today deal with, with all the lies and really find our identity, our true identity, and it's in you as your child, as your kid, as your son, as your daughter. And help us walk it out and depend on you to carry us through the valleys and on the mountaintops. God, your mercy is new every day. We thank you for that mercy. We thank you for that grace, for forgiveness, for security, and for freedom. 
We pray this in your son's name and by the power of your Holy Spirit. And all of Connection Church said, amen. Thank you for taking part in sharing the message for this week. For more information about Connection Community Church, please visit our website at www.connectioncc.org. You can also reach our church offices at 302-378-7692. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the life that he offers.